Yeah, I got some a couple of things I want to talk about, and um, I saw a movie, and I'm going to tell you about. Yeah, I remember last time I went to a movie? Yeah, well, you know, you don't get out much, but anyway. Thank you for listening to the Fields Brothers Show. Well, I'm Roger Fields. I'm here with my brother, Jeff. We're the Fields Brothers, and we're broadcasting this from Central Kentucky from Moonlight Fields Wedding Woo-hoo. Farm and Event Venue. And uh, this is the unfiltered grace of God in a time of religious obligations. How about that for a new intro <laughs> line? You like that? Uh, yes, I like that. Okay. It gives me an opportunity to also say that I am your, what, what was the term I was using? Your pastor of reverse discipleship, helping yeah. you unlearn the things that you learned in discipleship class. And before I forget, you mentioned a venue event, event, whatever you said. Event um, venue, event, Jeff. Event venue. That's a lot of V's in there. You <laughs> you graciously uh, allowed us to use your event venue for a fundraiser for McLeod's Coffee House that I'm on the board of. That the coffee house that employs those with special needs that we've mentioned time to time had a great fundraiser. We've got a board meeting tomorrow night. I'll find out tomorrow night how much money we raised from that. So yeah, I, cool. I haven't heard yet, but you know it went great. great Will they make that Pope. public? How much they raised for it? Or I don't. And tell them what McLeod's I mean, is. For people don't know. So just it's coffee house here in Lexington that um, started by a man named Brewster McLeod, who was on staff at a church, a large church here in town, the one that Roger and I originally uh, grew up attending uh, when it was big then, but not as huge as it became later on. And he transitioned from being a youth pastor to a pastor minister for those with special needs. And he kind of uh, resigned or retired from that role uh, just a couple, uh, about three years ago now and started a coffee house to uh, started a nonprofit organization which would in turn uh, open a coffee house to employ people with special needs yeah and so it's it's been a challenge we opened it right like a few months before COVID hit so it's been a challenge but we're still there we're still open and uh fundraiser is uh fundraising is very much a part of of uh what we need to do to keep it open but so appreciate you uh Providing the uh, the venue, uh, pretty much free of charge, and another place uh, provide the food uh, free of charge, and so that really helps out with the um, with the fundraising when um, when there's very little expenses, almost no expenses. So I uh, I saw a movie this week. My some of the guys from my group. I'm in two different men's groups. One of them's online. You're more spiritual than I am. Well, so I, you're, we all you're know more that. Group, yeah, I mean, so. you know, but, but anyway, um, so anyway, and one of them recommended that we some of us guys go to this movie. And it's called. Have you heard of this? Called Show Me the Father. You heard of this? I think I have heard of it. Well, I don't know much about it. It's really different. For, it's been put out by this Kendrick. Now, you know, these Kendrick brothers to put these movies out, Courageous and uh, you know, War Room and all these movies. They're brothers that do this. It's out of a church in Georgia that I've okay, been I, to. I, I heard about a church. They were from, yeah. I knew they were from the same group. I knew it was church. I didn't know about yeah. brothers. And, yeah, they were, yeah, they're two so. brothers. And, um, I've got another brother. Which is interesting. I'll tell you, it's, it's interesting. There are two brothers who were really raised in Christian homes who had were influenced a lot by their dad. Yeah. I mean, you know. Um, so they went to the movies. We went podcast direction. So pretty yeah, similar same, type of story. <laughs> <laughs> They're a and little so, more well known yeah. than, than we are probably. But but the movies is very. It's not a storyline like most of their movies. It's kind of a documentary okay. more than anything. All right. But um, it's called Show Me the Father, and it's about. They start off with just the importance of how you know fathers and lives, and how much you know the statistics are just overwhelming. Yeah. People who don't have a father in the home really typically have trouble or there's a higher percentage of that so talk about that but then they also talk about the fact that a lot of people don't have that father and that god is a father they did a pretty good job mm-hmm. i thought it was pretty well done um, um showing how important it is to relate to god as your father uh, tony evans was on it so yep. he, he did a lot of stuff and tony evans made a great point great point he's, he's at a 
He's in Dallas, isn't he? I think so, yeah. yes. He said, when we read the word Father in Scripture many times, we just think God. Mm-hmm. We don't think Father. We just think God rather than mm-hmm. Father. Yeah. And I thought that was a great point. Yeah. And so the the uh, the, the, the movie's really good. There's a couple of just... just and I'm, if I told you the story, it would kind of ruin it for you. But there is a jaw-dropping story. Is it still in this. on? At the um, I don't know. It may yeah. not be. What's it called again? It's called "Show Me the Father." Okay. And there's a story of I'll just tell you this: a story of a, a couple of football players are in the NFL, and they became um, one of them became a coach, and the other may have ended up becoming a coach too. And the story of those two guys and what happened is amazing. And so, anyway, but if I told you, you know, it, it just reminds me that. The gospel. We've talked about this time to time here lately. That so it kind of keeps coming up. The how practical, practical the gospel is. You think yeah. of the problems in the world. Yeah. You know. So this thing. I mean, how much does not having fathers in the world? You know, all the societal issues that that leads to. Well, there is an answer to yeah. that. You know. You know. And it's God all- really. And there or. You know, people, addiction things. Well, how do people, well, when a person knows their identity in Christ, and there's an answer to that. I mean, so, I mean, this this whole thing of Christ as our life, the, the good news of grace and the new covenant is not just for an ivory tower or just, a, you know, yeah. for a, you know, go to be secluded and be monks. You know, it is, it, it, it is the real answer to the world. Let me give you a couple of scriptures that kind of jumped out at me. I put together a couple of things. I think a few of these they used in this movie. But some some scriptures that you don't we don't think maybe um, we haven't zeroed in on the father aspect of the verse. For instance, in Ephesians chapter one verse three: "Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us um, in Christ with every spiritual blessing, having any place." Talking about God being a Father, mm-hmm. um, and then it says, "Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you uh, to share in the inheritance of the saints." This is in Colossians one uh, verses twelve through fourteen. You read the whole thing. I won't read the whole thing, but he's talking about the, what all the Father has done. Second um, Thessalonians two sixteen it says, uh, "May the Lord Jesus Christ Himself and God our Father, who loved us and gave us eternal comfort and good hope through grace." And we become so familiar with that that we just kind of yeah we just we just kind of gloss over. Yeah, we do. We really Tony do. Evans had a great point. Yeah, I mean, we do. Yeah. We just kind of read God when we yeah. see Father. Um, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights. Mm-hmm. You know, James one seventeen. Let me give you two more. Um, it says, see what kind of love the Father has given to us that we should be called children of God, First John mm-hmm. 3, 1. And then Galatians 4, 6, and 7, it says, because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his Son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father, so you're yeah. no longer a slave but a son. And that is such a simple statement, but it's so powerful that we do consider ourselves or see ourselves as slaves or servants rather than sons. And we've said many times, we see ourselves based on what we do for God as a servant, rather than as a son of God, rather than as an adopted son of God, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, one of his children. We do the exact same thing we've said many times as the, the prodigal son and his brother both did. They looked at their dad as the farm boss and what they could do for him mm-hmm. rather than the relationship they had with their dad. I want to say something about Abba. You kind of throw yeah, it in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. No, go ahead. You know, the, there, there's three times in the New Testament where we read about Abba Father. And I don't know if you remember the other two times. One is the one you mentioned in Galatians. There's one in Romans. Romans right? Romans eight talks right. about um, that you know the and, and and it talks about the spirit. Both Romans and Galatians talk about the spirit, and they're both mentioned in very emotional type terms. Both times talk the spirit cries out, Abba Father. Yeah. And the other time is in the Garden of Gethsemane. Yeah. Jesus, Jesus you know, right. very emotional uh, time cries out, Abba Father. Yeah, so very, it's just interesting that that really is the heart cry. 
of the heart of every one of us uh, for that. And that is something that is so, we become so familiar with it that it, it loses its meaning, unfortunately, at times. But And so, anyway, I thought, I thought the movie was great. And, well, uh, I'm going to check to see if it's still on. I may yeah. try to. Now, did you know what's on this there. week? Oh, speaking of movies, I'll, except for the time this goes on the air, this will be, <laughs> it'd be too late. But you can still see it on Amazon and other places. Did you know what's on this Friday and one day only? In the movie theater? It seems like I saw something some, a while back that was going to be on one day, but don't remember it's, what it it's is. It's called the, the Jesus Music. Okay, it's kind of the history of... Christian music oh, really? and how, yeah, that's I mean, this it's, Friday. It's, yeah, it's all, it's all, like, it's at the Fayette Cinemark, and it's, um, you know, it's all, it's, you know, it's Michael W. Smith, Amy Grant, love song. All that was, yeah, we had that. would be kind of a, yeah, reliving our yeah. whole life yeah. story there. So I, I would like to see that. Now there again, I think it'll be out on Amazon, or I'm sure it'll be. So we saw the Rest Half movie. That was a one night yeah. deal. And we really enjoyed that, and I've since seen it again on yeah. one of one of the uh, streaming services. So. I like phrases. I like vi- I like people can turn a phrase, give us a a visual for something that's kind of a concept. For instance, now I think maybe I'm just late to the party, and this is something, you tell me if you've heard this before. I have not heard this phrase before, but apparently it's not brand new either. So, but to convey the idea that um, even even when you receive grace and you're you're born again, you realize it's all paid for in life. You still don't just sit back and wait for God to do everything for you. You still do things in life mm-hmm. to provide for yourself, your family. I mean, mm-hmm. just so, so here's the phrase for people who just expect God to do everything for them. It's like leaning on a shovel and praying for a hole. Okay, I have you heard that? Well, just recently, I saw that on Facebook. A picture of it. Did you, is that where you saw no, it? No, I Facebook? didn't see the picture. There's no. a meme. I just within the last few weeks, I've seen that meme on Facebook. I have never heard that phrase before. So huh. leaning on a shovel. Praying, praying for, for a, a hole. hole, yeah, and and there, just to point out too, it's not that you know, it's not that there's okay, there's God's part, and then there's my part. You know, yeah. what part? He, you know, the, no, it's it's all one. We are one spirit with Him. What He does, He does through us, and we do through Him. So it's it's us together, not even necessarily side by side. It's it's a it's a you know, we are in Him. We are immersed into Him. We are in Him. He is in us. Uh, you know, we are part of His body. He's doing it through us that way. So. I agree. And one of the phrases I don't like that they hear on Facebook sometimes is that, you know, you do your best, God will do the rest. The rest. You know, Remember that song? And he'll no. Take care of the rest. Oh, that yeah. Was an old, okay. uh, yeah, that was is that old. a Keith Green song? But that was even, people have said that as like, even yeah. in relationship with, with God, you just do what you can. You just yeah. try to serve God and be as good as you can and work hard and, do yeah, all the and, grace, and grace, God will just make, he'll make up the difference. Yeah, grace just means he'll do all yeah, the rest he'll do, as, as opposed to grace is everything. Yeah, right. You, know, you can't rest in what he has done for you. You still got to do everything, but if you fall short, okay, yeah, he'll make up the difference. Um, now, this is something completely random, completely off the wall. And I just, this, I don't know, thoughts like this ever hit you or not, but you know what the great equalizer is? Like, if you're indifferent. <laughs> economic stratus with you know let's say you're not doing real well and you're not you know you're i don't know maybe you're on you're in on welfare living in a trailer park um you haven't as opposed to somebody mobile home park mobile home park somebody's a billion respectful way to say okay somebody else a billionaire and they've got a you know ten thousand dollar suit on you know what the great equalizer is is a spill Okay. Oh, okay. If you're if you spill <laughs> something death, if you spill something on you, you look like a bumpkin. No matter how rich you are, no matter what you got on, you could be wearing an expensive suit, getting out of a limousine to go onto a yacht to a party. But if you've got you know big coffee stain on your shirt, you look like you just 
I mean, that's the equalizer. Well, they, I mean, or, or you get buzzed by a bee or something like that. That would be a similar. So, I mean, well, there's that, other equalizers I mean, there. But I'm just saying okay. that's the thing that no matter how put together you are, that's the thing that at least I fear a lot. Like if, I, if I'm going someplace, <laughs> I don't want to spill something on myself. You know, I don't want to. So it, did you think of this yourself or did you I hear don't somebody have else? This, no, I think yeah. I came into this all by myself, Jeff. I, <laughs> I'm capable of that, you know. <laughs> I don't know. I just hit me all this stuff. That was kind of funny that, you know, spills kind of equalized. I'm, I'm, thinking you know? that's, I'm thinking the title of this podcast is probably not going to focus on that part of the podcast. Well, okay, is fine, that yeah. what you're thinking? Yeah, yeah, okay. well, well, well. Did you see, um, I saw this in the news the other day, that two, um, this could have been us. You know, it really could have <laughs> been us. Uh, in the major leagues, just a few days ago, major league baseball, uh, two brothers both played on opposite teams. One was a pitcher, the other, and one brother hit a home run off of his brother. Really? This just major happened? League. Yeah, just within the last week or so, hit a home run off of his brother, so... If you would have been more of an athlete, maybe that could have been oh, us. Oh, I see. So, so I, I didn't realize you were in the major leagues, and I just didn't make well, it. Well, I, just, I the... could have been. I just didn't want oh, you to, okay. you know, didn't, didn't apply didn't yourself. want to make you look bad, you know. Didn't want, you okay. Know, so. All right. Wiffle ball. I'm sure that did happen in our backyard. Wiffle ball, though. I'm sure I did hit some off of you at that time. But I'm go sure ahead. I hit my share of home runs off of you mm-hmm. too. Well, you're four years older, so yeah. When you were 12 and I was eight, I would hope you would. But go ahead. <laughs> Oh, another, okay, well, well, before we leave sports, um, came here, listen, I think you'll agree. This is one of the greatest book titles. I've not read this book. It's probably a good book, but remember Al Unser Jr. Do you remember the yeah, Unser name? Yeah. Oh, Auto yeah. racing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Evidently he's, I, I don't know very much about him. Just, you know, obviously a recognizable name, family name. He's written a book. It's kind of a biography and evidently he's come to the, you know, came to Christ and has a good Christian testimony. Okay. And so it's the, the books that kind of the story of his life. And he went through a lot of troubles and all this. The name of his book is a checkered past. Isn't that great? That's pretty. Do you get it? Yeah, I do. Yeah, that's great. So a checkered past. I've never read the book, but it might yeah. be good. So, yeah. okay. Let me give you a good example. Tell me if you agree with me about how, legalism and law messes up um, just even encouragements from the Bible, okay? For instance, on both sides of the cross, before uh, the cross, Jesus talked about this, then after the cross, the Bible talks about that it's not a great idea to worry. God does not want us to live mm-hmm. in worry. I mean, Jesus talked about don't worry in this, in this Sermon on the Mount. Philippians says don't worry about anything. Yeah. Trust God. You know, And really, I think the encouragement is that we don't have to worry. Mm-hmm. That we can trust God to take care of it. But when, you're, but when you look at it through a legalistic lens, what it means is not only if you are worried, not only do you feel bad about, you know, you're worrying for one thing, which is not good, but now you have to feel guilty about your worry. <laughs> now you're not only worrying, you're, you're worrying, worrying and feeling guilty. You're worrying about the fact you're worrying. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's a good point. You're worrying about the fact I that mean, you're worrying. You're, it's like it's not enough that just... <laughs> You know, just say, you know, God, I'm, boy, you know, I, I really, need, I, I'm trusting you, and I really wouldn't, I don't want to worry about this, and just talking to God about it. But now you've got to feel guilty about your worrying. And then when you realize that, then you're worrying about the fact that you're worrying about worrying. Do you follow me there? I think you lost me there. <laughs> I mean, there's no end to this. You yeah. just keep it. Well, it's it's a death it. spiral there. But that, but isn't that. How, oh yeah, that's that's the yeah. lens we look at through th- things. When we look at scripture, we look at it through a religious religious obligation lens rather than a grace of God lens. You know, when Jesus said, "Don't worry," he wasn't trying to put some burden on us, even in the Sermon on the Mount. I don't believe. Well, and, you know, no, I, I, but, well, I think some of that he was. Well, he was trying to elevate the law to realize how far they they fall short. So I think, in some degree, he was. But uh, well, I don't know. I have to, I'm not sure. I agree with that on that point, but. 
but what it says in Philippians, don't worry, but you know, right. Philippians 4, yeah. I mean, that's an admonition, really. It's not to put guilt on you because you're oh, right. worrying. It's basically to say, hey, don't worry. Well, see, that's the, God will take care of this. I was thinking about this just earlier today. There are several examples, that's one of them, where something that Jesus taught at various places, but especially in the Sermon on the Mount, where you can find very similar type of sentiment or teaching in the writings of Paul in this. Like Romans 12 is the classic section. A lot of Romans 12. Mm-hmm. I've got a good friend that has pointed this out to me, and I've tried to explain, okay, yes, but for one thing, Paul wasn't quoting word for, you know, he didn't say Jesus mm-hmm. said, remember Jesus said on the Sermon on the Mount or whatever. So there are similar themes, but there is a huge difference in how they are presented. Yeah. In the Sermon on the Mount, it says, do this, do this, do this. And then it ends with a wise man and foolish man. You know, he says, be perfect. The end of Roman, mm-hmm. uh, Matthew 5, then the end of Matthew 7, the wise man and foolish man. If you don't, and it said, you know, if you don't, and it ends with a foolish man in his house. That, I think that is striking how how brutally it ends with a foolish man's corrupt. house. Yes. Flat, getting flat. End of story. Yeah. No. Yeah, and we've said many times, and this yeah. is one of the most controversial things we believe, is that Jesus taught mostly to Jews to bring them to the end of their ability, an understanding that they have no ability to fulfill the law, to let them realize that they needed a Savior. Yeah. It was to set them up for the fact that they could then put their faith in Him later on, that He died for them, rose again. So and- I'll- so all those things taught in the Sermon on the Mount are, okay, this is how you live. And if you don't live like this, right. boom, your that, house is falling down, it's going to corrupt, which right. is not what the other. So in right. Romans 12, you get all the, the front, back to this, what we talked about in the other podcast, you know, it's front-loaded, you're dead in Christ, you're revived. Okay, now because of this, now live like this. And But there's no threat. At, you know, Paul doesn't right. say, okay, or Philippians 4, you worry, but boy, if you if you keep worrying, then... Bam, your house, your house going to happen. Flat. Yeah, yeah, there's no. And even Romans 12 talks starts off with by the mercies of God. Yeah. You have your mind transformed. And it's Romans 12. Yeah. It's not Romans yeah. 1. He doesn't right. start out that way. Right. Think about the Sermon on the Mount was Jesus' very first yeah. public sermon. Yeah, pretty much. And, and but so, you know, and we've said many times that Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount said, "Be ye perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect." Well, that's a pretty tall order. Mm-hmm. But then you get after the cross, you get to, to Hebrews. After Jesus died, redeemed us, resurrected, says that we have been made perfect by one sacrifice. And uh, one of my favorite quotes is that uh, it's not about the sacrifice you make, it's about the sacrifice you trust. And the, so, the whole thing is the, the empowering that the gospel brings. And uh, something I read the other day pointed out that, you know, just a change of, there's no power in just having a change of destiny. The gospel is so much more than just right. changing our eternal destiny. There's right. really no power in that. Right. You know, and, and when we fail to see the cross and understand all that happened, okay, yeah, it was good. We're going to heaven and not hell yet. But a lot of people have not experienced the empowering of that. And I have, have I mentioned to you before in the last few weeks about the idea that Jesus is not just a travel agent? You know, for in a lot of Christian circles, yeah. he's just a travel agent. You know, to you get us to heaven to you, instead yeah. of to hell. Yeah. You know, get us and, and completely ignores the reality, the, the power that we have now. So, that, you know, there's no power in just a change of destiny. There's power here now. Uh, one thing I just want to talk about for just for a minute is that, you know, I, I think it's just so valuable as you go through life, whatever you're facing, um, to understand that you're going through it with God, um, not with distance where God's way up there, but you're in Christ. Um, Christ is in you that, that that you are going through this together, and I like when Jesus even even though I think he was alluding to what was really going to be possible after the cross, he talked about in Matthew eleven, you take my yoke upon you, and you're yoked together, so you're connected together. Now it gets even more intimate later on when you're in Christ, but the idea there and that imagery 
is that whatever you're doing, you're going through together. He says, my yoke's easy, my burden's light. There's mm-hmm. nothing hard about this. Um, but I love also that there's a couple of other scriptures that just remind us that we do things with God. In 1 Corinthians 3, 9, it says, for we are God's fellow workers. Mm-hmm. We're a fellow worker with God. It's not that he's sitting up there as the farm boss saying, okay, this is what you need to do. Um, but We're not robots yeah. in that regard. And like in Colossians um, chapter 3, verse 23, where he says, whatever you do, work heartily as to the Lord, not for men, knowing that the Lord you receive an inheritance. Um, but it talks about this, whatever you do. So I guess here's my point. There's a scripture to talk about whatever it is you're doing. Whatever it is, uh, we do it with the understanding that uh, we're connected to the Lord. Uh, we're his, we're, he's working with us. Paul even talks about do do even ministry or whatever it is with God working through you as you know. Mm-hmm. And so, whenever you're facing anything, I mean, that's just a simple, simple idea. But just understand that you're yoked together. You're in Christ. You're going through this together. Um, you're not just trying to pull it off to impress God or please God that he's going through this with you. And there's just, I think there's some cool scriptures about that. So anyway. Yeah, that's, um, and it, it reminds me of something I thought of the other day in terms of uh, self. I, I think, I think I've used the wrong terminology at times that a lot of times in Christian circles, you hear phrases like, you know, you need, I just need to learn to depend on Christ and less on self, or I'm trying to finish, you know, what God started. I'm trying to finish by my own self. Well, if we have a new self, that's not the problem. You know, what, and I think it's flesh is what we should be saying in there. There's by the, the energy of the flesh, which is not who we are anymore. We're not in the flesh anymore. We're in the spirit. We're in Christ. But that gets to, I think, a little bit of what you're saying, that it's Christ in us. It's we're in Christ. That is our new self, yeah. him and us. You know, one of the things I might tackle in the next, you know, upcoming podcast is maybe a redefinition of prayer. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, when it talks about pray without ceasing, that lets me know that prayer is just something you can just kind of do as you go through your day. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a command that you need to be on your knees, you know, taking time out. of You, you can't do that without ceasing. I mean, you have to still have right. to stop and go. But just the idea that you're going through things together with God. And here's my new phrase. I did coin this. Um, uh, but prayer lets the, the air out of stress. You know, just talking, just talking through things. You know, not... Mm-hmm. You know, not a a formal. I think we said in the book. I think it made the final cut that you, you know you talk to God like you're just ordering a hamburger. You don't have to, taco, to be a taco. As we said, yeah, taco like you're, yeah, you just yeah, you're just talking, and it doesn't have to be anything formal. But just being able to talk with God about things you're going through, I believe, begins to let the air out of stress. Yeah, and um, I think that um, you know I, I'm so kind of put out with the idea that prayer is a discipline. That it's like a, it's like we made it like doing your setups, you know. Mm-hmm. It's like doing your crunches, you know. You just got to do so many of them for so long every day. You got to log in your time. Um, somebody asked me one time in a, in a group. They said, "Well, you know, how's your prayer life going?" And I knew what he meant. He meant, yeah. "Are you spending yeah. the time in the morning?" Yeah. I said, "Well, based on what?" I said, "Based on answered prayer, actually, I guess pretty well, you know." Um, as far as logging in time, and he was trying to get people to come to the church early, the church building early in the morning on certain days to pray for a half an hour, an hour, something like that. And so, but that's what we look at it. Yeah. We look at it as an exercise. Well, you got to log in your time. You got to do this thing, and that'll please God, make you more powerful, make you more spiritual, uh, make your preacher preach better, as we talked about in the last podcast. And it's just, I think we've just so missed that. 
Prayer is just talking to your father, talking to your dad, just talk, just going through life, you know, and being thankful. I mean, there are things in prayer that I think are good to do, but in the New Testament talks about prayer. I mean, even yeah, it was a writings lot. of Paul I mean, and all that. Lot. So it's not just the you know. I think I read this many years ago, and I think there's some accuracy to this of the analogy of breathing. That you yeah. know, prayer is our what breathing, and so you know we don't stop and think about breathing. If you have to stop and think about your breathing, then that's yeah. an indication something's wrong, something's wrong. That, that you got to say. But then there are times where we do sleep, and that's pretty much the only thing we do. Yeah, is, is breathing. You know, it just occurred to me. I, I got my. Um, I watch. I got a little thing every day. A little pops up and says, "Time to breathe or breathe." Yeah, Maybe I got that on mine too. I didn't ask for that, but it does. Yeah, I got a little buzz a, down there on my wrist. Yeah, like, then it kind of that? vibrates. And if you do it, then you, so you know, you, like a minute, you're yeah. supposed to stop and kind of concentrate on. I guess we don't apparently so, we don't take deep breaths enough. Or at least so, but you know, maybe maybe going me. forward, that can be a reminder that as we breathe, that we kind of give it. So, I, you know, there are times to kind of focus on. God is our Father, and and uh, think I do. That I do think the stress. That I way. agree. I do. I do think prayer has to be completely redefined under grace. It's been a little while since we mentioned the fact that we do have a book on Amazon called <laughs> "Breaking the Hex: that. Life with God After the Cross Killed Religion." And whether you like it or not, I guarantee you'll th- you'll find this book is interesting and very very different from most Christian books. Yeah, easy you've ever to read. read, very easy, very short chapters. I wrote it for people who don't like to read books. Very visual kind of book, I guess. So anyway, check that out, and thanks for listening.